1: Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we're giving away a bunch of brand new Blackmagic gear. Yeah, cameras,
2: switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Blackmagic, and we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now cue the music. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the 32nd episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, storytelling, and directing. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow.
1: Today we've got (laughs) Phil Flores, a feature film director, making his way into television.
0: Hey, I'm uh, Phil Flores. I'm a writer, director, producer. Um, First film was like this dramatic feature, and then we did a comedy, and then our third film was actually a horror film. So we called ourselves The Butcher Brothers, and we did a film called The Hamiltons. I've been a butcher brother for about 10 years. Now getting into television, less butchering, and um,
1: more televisioning a great episode for people who are interested in transitioning from one mode to another. He's got a ton of great insight, especially about pitching. But before
2: we get into that, Matt, what have you been working on lately?
1: Yeah, I am, um, you know, I, I think I'm in a funny zone right now, as we've talked about a bunch before. Uh, I'm on a gig right now. I'm doing the upfronts again and then gigging around here and there and then all of the pitches that I'd been developing in the earlier part of the year, they're all kind of Uh, coming to some version of fruition, whether they're going to go or I have to deliver more materials or follow up pitches or develop more. Uh, It's all happening all at once. Um, And I've been feeling super scattered lately and unfocused. So I guess the thing I wanted to talk about maybe, Oren, is like, what do you do when you're juggling a bunch of different projects all at once?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this also. Like to me, like a director's career is like the sine wave, right? Because you have, I always like compare it to like coming back from summer camp when you're a kid, you like went to the sleepaway camp for the weekend, you like hugged all these girls or whatever in sixth grade and you're like so excited. Sure, hugged,
1: hugged all these girls.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what you do in sixth grade, right? I don't know. You come home and you're like, wow, my whole life has changed. Like, talking to all these people, and it's like so cool. And you come home and your mom picks you up, you know, from the bus station or whatever, wherever you're dropped off. And they just like don't care. And they're like, yeah, okay, do your homework. And I'm like, do my homework. Do you realize like what a crazy place I was just at? And then. That's like what directing is like. Like you do this feature film. Like we were a family. We did this. We fell this. this. Flooded the... Oh man, I'm never going to
1: forget these people. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow night.
2: And then nobody cares when you come back home. And like when you're in those, it's like you have such high highs and such low lows. And so I'm in post on one project. I'm like trying to figure out what the next project is. We were both up for a big job that neither one of us got. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, I, I I don't know. It's I I think that the answer is you need to kind of find a schedule and find a routine. And I keep telling my wife, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm gonna go write. You know, for four hours every day, every morning at the coffee shop. And then, you know, I'm gonna work on my reel and I'm gonna send some emails out and I'm gonna work talk to some production companies and tell people I'm available. But you know, I kind of also just want to hang out with the baby and you know wait for stuff to happen. So yeah, I I, the, I there is no. I think, straight answer. But I think if I look at successful people uh, in our field, what I notice is that they are not irked by that. They don't get Mm -hmm. down in the the low points while they're waiting for things to happen or while they're trying to figure out what's next don't last for very long because they're always creating and making things and pitching things. And I mean, you're really good at like um, just having coffee with someone, you know, and I actually had coffee with Andrew T, who you oh, told good. me to have coffee with. How'd that go? It um, was really good. And I mean, he talked about some scripts he's writing. I told him some ideas for movies I had. And I mean, it, I I don't know that anything will happen from it. But just having that meeting, I'm like, hmm, maybe that's a guy I could talk to about the script because he yeah. seems kind of like in tune with me, you know, and it's like you have to go out and you have to like just talk to people and meet people and do things and you just can't wait for stuff to happen. so I'm in that funky zone where I kind of hate myself. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And I'm hoping uh, to
1: get some discipline soon. Yeah. And I think there's that combo of waiting for things to happen and then trying to make things happen and then it all happening at once. Uh, And you have to be okay with all of that always. Right, yeah. like like you have, there's so many balls up in the air and like right now when I wake up in the morning I've got six different things that I'm all taking baby steps on and so it never feels like I'm actually getting anything done which is a different sort yeah. of frustrating. And you're probably not getting paid for working on most of them today. Yeah, today, right, exactly. Yeah, like you're lucky if you're getting paid for two of them, right? Right,
2: so it's hard. It's really hard to prioritize. You end up kind of right. Taking any job someone offers you because it's a definite thing with a start right. date and end date and a n- amount of money you're going to get.
1: Yeah, and I think also there's that compulsion to just do the smallest thing first, mm-hmm. so you get it out of the way, and then that's a good way to never finish your feature. Yep, I have I have five features
2: that I've never started, and they're really good. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's not an easy life, but I I always tell people like I enjoy being stressed out. <laughs> it's like, like if I'm not stressed, I feel like something's wrong, and so I crave these times where I I really lose myself in trying to figure out what direction I want to take my career in. Um, and when I get these times, I hate it, but I know it's like part of the growth. Sure, all part know? of the process. And I think kind of my my go to backup if like I really feel a little lost is just to try to learn a new skill usually like learn a new software you know mm-hmm. how to mix my own audio how to make my own music how to do my own 3d rendering
1: yeah i think there is real solace in procrastinating in a way that is uh, still productive yeah for sure cool cool well, man hopefully next
2: week we both uh have our 50 million dollar features 100 million dollar features
1: oh yes. i have my 100 million <laughs> you have your two million dollar feature y- you know what i figured out orin what so you always talk about how you'd love to do a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I realized there is a Marvel movie that I would love to do, like Dream Project. Yeah. Howard the Duck. I would okay. kill to do Howard the Duck. Okay. So there's a Marvel movie. It's already movie been f- done, but okay. Sure. Well, but everybody gets to... Re- like a superhero, you're allowed to reboot. Requel? Yeah. I can Requel. <laughs> I, I, it would be a true reboot if okay. it were Howard. But I guess that proves that there's a a marvel movie for everyone at least for two people (laughs) at least for two all right well on that note let's uh let's talk to phil flores
2: so today we're gonna talk to phil about pitching tv about transitioning from directing basically from being a feature film director into a tv show creator writer director
0: yeah what do they call those is that, is, it's like a showrunner show, is that the right
1: showrunner executive producer yeah
0: ep yeah. yeah i think uh that's kind of how i feel i feel like the directors of the indie film world, you know, uh, at least for myself, can now be the showrunners of the television world and our mad, wild dreams. You know, we yeah. want to rule the world and make great television that's introspective and sensitive and tender. And, you know, that that's what my my goal is. Well, yeah. it, if, I,
1: if indie film has morphed into television, then it would make sense that the indie film auteur would then become an EP of... A cable show,
0: totally. I don't know if that actually happens. <laughs> well, but well, think, you're about to prove it for but us. But I right? think
1: we're always like, especially when you
2: decide you want to be a filmmaker, it's because you're chasing kind of creative right. desire. And nowadays, TV is where like some of the best creative work is seen. And so I think it just seems natural that you know, independent film was one time the place where like the best new artists were were working. And now, you know, with people like Lena Dunham or who else is like a new TV person?
0: Duplass Brothers are doing Duplass pretty brothers, good. Yeah, you know they're from that same realm.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, a huge crop of indie filmmakers that then make their living doing TV shows. You know, I think that that's a, a very common um, path. Right. Jordan Vote Roberts, he did like a bunch of. I feel like there's a lot of like comedy indie guys who are like will do like one movie and then also like half of a season of some show. Yeah, yeah, he did a. Um, You're the worst. You're the worst. Oh yeah. Yeah, but but like I think there's I especially things. if you look at like
0: right. you know your right, right, right.
1: your network shows where it's just like there's so many fucking episodes. Yeah. that's where you see those kind of indie directors popping up a little bit more.
0: There's a question for you guys. I think um, do you think it's easier to do comedy and transition from the indie world of comedy to television than is like for drama or horror or that kind of thing?
1: I think there's just more uh, comedy being made at a lower budget, and uh-huh. so it's easier to cut your teeth.
2: Yeah, I think like a few UCB guys that you happen to make a bunch of videos with selling a show to Comedy Central is much more probable than, you know, some dramatic actor from like a horror film selling a show to FX. Right. Like if you look at kind of the big shows, you know, the Breaking Bads and the Walking Deads and the the Sopranos and all those, those are all come from like big, big showrunners. Right. um, Right. Because those are big budget things. We look at Workaholics or... Key and Peel or Broad City or whatever.
1: Or an, any, basically any comedy comedy right now. There's, yeah. there's roots to.
2: Well, unless it's uh, Lauren Michaels or something, you know. But like,
1: even Lauren Michaels has his own internet company. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It, it seems easier to get into that world because it's less about merit. It's less about like, oh, look at this amazing movie that they made. Right. And it's more about like, these funny people love working with this person.
1: Well, and for whatever reason, I think that the. Up and coming and independent communities of, you know, UCB or Funny or Die or College Humor. Though those communities exist, it's in our DNA. We know that comedy videos uh, do well and people share them. Right. Whereas like the prestigious theater communities and like like Steppenwolf isn't doing right their own version of Funny or Die. You know. So it's like I don't know where like hungry dramatic directors are cutting their teeth outside of like the New York theater community. That's, yeah. that's the issue to me. You know, it, it's just like, I would love it if there was a place where we could all go watch like dark, you know, brooding indie dramas online all the time. But right. Are you going to share those on Facebook?
0: Right. Probably Are, are not, there three you know? minute versions, you know, of Othello by Steppenwolf? <laughs> <but> <laughs> exactly. Do people want to really see yeah. that yeah. people watch. Yeah. I, I think you guys are right. And I think it's, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question. I think that it's a comedy is an escape, so I feel like everybody wants to laugh. They're tired of their of their fucking boss telling them they got to take right. notes and do this. Like, let's make something fun. Right. And I don't know if that's I, you know, I've only worked on one comedy. I just produced it, but you guys can probably answer this too. When you're making a comedy, sorry I'm interviewing you guys right now, no, but no, no. just questions. I mean, I love talking we about ourselves. I love it. We start uh, a podcast for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? yeah. You just talk to each other for like the first five podcasts. Every other podcast we there just talk is. to is. <laughs> each other. Uh, but like, if you, you know. Uh, Creating a comedy is 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 the atmosphere fun or you know mm-hmm. I, I it was fun for us when I did it it was a film called Lurking in Suburbia and my um, partner Mitch Altieri, my film partner Mitch Altieri, and I made it and we had we were laughing the entire time we were drunk the entire time but you know <laughs> the, the budget allowed it they Be- did a, a director's commentary <laughs>
2: that's uh, right. RIP that they were, everyone was completely drunk while they recorded it.
0: Because the, the film's about drinking, you know. The films like really, it's about a thirty-year-old sure. guy who doesn't want to grow up. It's his birthday, and he has a giant party with all his idiot friends, and then everyone's drunk, and he just kind of reflects on who he is and why he is this, and why does everything have to revolve around this, this lifestyle, film. you know? Uh, it was based on my uh, my my friend's life, basically. But uh, we shot shit in fucking 12, 14 days around there somewhere, and but. I don't think we would have got that film finished unless we were having fun. Uh, And I feel like when you have that camaraderie, no matter what the film is, a drama, comedy, horror, whatever, but I feel like a comedy kind of lends itself to it more. So my question is like, you know, when you guys do a comedy, do you feel, is the atmosphere more comedic or is it just kind of stale? I think it's
2: all over. I've definitely been on comedies where everyone's laughing and I've been on comedies where no one's laughing or everyone hates each other. And There's almost no correlation correlation. to the final product, whether it's good or not. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, That's I think a lot of it is the is the writing and the performance good and the editing, obviously, Mm. I think is like super important to get those jokes to land. But yeah, I I don't know. I do think that there's depending on what genre you want to direct, there's like different avenues into TV. But I still feel like if. Like, no one we know is going to direct a sitcom. There's, like, still these kind of, like, clubs that are just really hard to penetrate, I think, from the indie world or, like, from the YouTube world that work more like an apprenticeship. Like, you have to start, you know, shadowing directors or writing on other shows and getting the director role. I don't know. I still... To me, it's still, like, this impossible thing to go from directing indie features and commercials to TV.
1: You you know, I think that Mm. there's kind of uh, when you say sitcom, that's a loaded term, right? Like, are we going to go do an episode of Modern Family? Probably not, but maybe an episode of Man Seeking Woman, right? Or You're the Worst or One of the... I think that there's like that realm of like cable indie dramedy that is much more approachable. Right. Like the budgets are lower. They're looking for younger talent. And I think that's maybe where having a great indie feature is really where it pays off. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my hunch. You know,
2: there are some people like Justin Lin and, um, you know, a couple guys that did really nice indie features that got to direct some, Like, you know, he directed a bunch of community episodes of community and stuff.
1: Well, and all the Fast and the Furious movies. So.
2: Yes, but that didn't hurt. But <laughs> yeah, he started with Better Luck Money. Tomorrow, right? Like his indie feature about his like high school. What, years. what film? Better Luck Tomorrow. Oh, uh, right. Was that him? Yeah. Was that his first film? Yeah. That's his first I, film. I remember that one. Justin
1: Lin's oh, okay. trajectory is just <laughs> insane. Insane. Like, it? It, it's almost not worth bringing up because it's so insane that. But you see it, it all the time. I mean, we, we talk yeah, about sure. these guys, like Josh Trank, Colin Trevorrow,
2: like. Ryan Johnson, even like they direct one good movie indie and then they do a
0: massive studio film. But that's the formula now, I think, you know, for whatever reasons, uh, probably because of social media, because we're talking a lot more and we're more visible. I think that it's happening a lot quicker because this guy did, uh, you know, this film on a Sundance. He must be good. Everyone loved it. Let's hire him for Star Wars. Which is a weird jump for me, but I think if you're an executive, it's like you trust the material. He's young enough to steer, he's smart enough to know the material. So I think in the old days, you know, it's like or whatever that was, uh, you know, it, it was a much more, big, it's, it was more of a, a more of process. An, yeah, yeah, an apprenticeship and there was yeah. a ladder.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. the studio system, I think maybe because they're not making movies that are anything smaller than Star Wars, Right. you know, it's a lot harder to have a farm league. You yeah. know, there's, there's no, like, middle process right. where you're right. doing a $50 million movie. It's just, like, right. everything has to be a grand slam in order for it to get made. Or it's an indie. Right. Okay. So, so, Phil, yep. you're an accomplished feature film director. Okay. <laughs> How
0: many films do you have?
1: Uh, let's B- see. Including producing and, oh, and see, directing.
0: I think uh, nine films produced. Nine yeah. films. But, and
1: movies at
2: South By, at Sundance, in right. uh, theaters. Major distribution. Yeah, major... Right.
0: Right. The nine. But but nobody knows who I am. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, the Butcher Brothers is a a branded... Ish, you know, in the horror community, you know, which is nice. And we have a fan base and there are, you know, people who are nuts who tattoo themselves with characters we've created. Um,
2: Yeah. And by the way, my mom doesn't know who Justin Lin is, who has the highest trajectory of all directors. (laughs) I mean, nobody knows names of directors yeah. my mom barely knows my care. name so. yeah
0: <laughs> and that's why we created the butcher my mom brothers keeps calling me my brother's name <laughs> that's that's embarrassing yeah if you're, if or the dog's name better than the dog i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's why we, we uh, created the butcher brothers because of that uh, the brand you know so that we could be a household name mm-hmm. on some level and
2: is that something you would recommend like if i um, yeah. directed like a superhero indie film should i call yeah. myself like action Kaplan, fuck yeah that's great something that sounds great i am jealous of people with specific names or unique like Like like, Nick g right we know who that is
0: but i have no idea what he does or if he's what the g stands for right right? but he did charlie's angels i think
2: he's made a lot of pretty uh, mediocre (laughs) movies he did terminator salvation oh he did yeah he did he did the
1: big he was like a
2: by the way i'm pitching my project to him Uh, are you really yeah i mean me like the producer, through the agent, right. is pitching the log line to someone at his production right. company. Like, There's about eight steps between me and McGee, but hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> well, his it, stuff looks amazing. It looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, I guess now is the he's biggest great. He's, to
1: he's, a, supposed to, he's like Sam to. He's like a monster what, what a Oh, brain. okay. What Was do you mean? Like mean? Like or personally, like, like, like mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, mm. just rude and stuff. But also, take all those stories with a grain of salt. Do you
2: so sorry to change the subject. i was just at this party at a friend of mine's birthday party, uh, party store for more and there's a like a bunch of a bunch of the dps were talking about these like very very abusive directors that they work with and that are very famous and the dp that i know too he the show that he's working on right now he told me like the first day he would they were doing like a lighting test the director came in and just said like this all fucking sucks and like left right <laughs> right like you have to be such a successful director and so confident in yourself to be able to walk in and do something like that, right? Because those guys end up making like really good products and they're so mean to people. How, mm. how, what do you guys think about? I mean, we talk about this a lot, but don't, do you ever, are you ever on set, Phil, and you're like, okay, that shot's not what I expected. I don't think it's as good as I wanted, but we're out of time and we need to move on. And I could be an asshole, but. I don't want to be an asshole so let's just move on I don't want to say like this wardrobe just doesn't work and I'm pissed off and this better not happen again you're
1: you're picking your battles
2: yeah I mean you know when Matt and I were working on like one day shoots or web things and it's like eh, you know this this thing survives it isn't but when you're like on a bigger project on a you know 15 million dollar feature or on something that's shooting for 30 days you know you gotta fire people you gotta like get angry a little or the product suffers right Man, it's a good
0: question. I mean, I've heard so many stories about notorious directors who are assholes, supposedly. But you know, put yourselves in, in their position. You've got 150 people on set telling you they need shit every right. 10 minutes. There's no time to yourself. You've got producers who are watching you every minute who are hired by the studio. You know. To make sure they micromanage you, tell you that you shouldn't do that, you should do this. And the entire thing is writing on your career. And you're just trying to get a paycheck to get to the next film that you really care about, right? right? So I think it's important to defend and protect yourself. You know, so I think that, I mean, I think I'm known. And my uh, film partner, because we're the Butcher Brothers, we've directed, you know, so we I nice like guys are but, pretty nice. We're nice guys. We're known as nice guys, mm-hmm. pretty much. And we like to have fun on set. No, I,
2: you do, guys. You guys usually fire at least one person the first couple days. Ooh, I was about prison, to go on,
0: the, to go on to that story. Prison rules. That's exactly That's right. it. Like, so first day, you got to fire somebody. Like, <laughs> you have to. And that way, it scares the shit out of everybody. It's like prison rules. That's exactly. <laughs> but it.
2: the problem is, like, on a lot of projects we're working on when someone's getting paid like 200 bucks a day
1: they want to be fine you know <laughs> yeah or good luck replacing them <laughs> i always think
0: about bringing in a shill just like bring in a you know a couple yeah. of them and just like just scream at them and take them take them away yeah. like in the middle of shooting stop stop actually shooting stop cut cut yell at the guy bring him back go into a tent scream at some crazy shit and then he walks out <laughs> crying and then the rest of the crew is like oh my god we got to be careful you know so that i mean that doesn't but that does kind of happen to a certain extent you know because and that's happened organically with most crews i've worked with you know not that we will ever ever want to fire anybody but usually there's a couple people who don't fit the rest of the group and for our flow it usually is the opposite of these stern assholes on set we like to have collaboration we like people who are open who ask questions who participate because That way, you get a better project, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and usually, it's like a vibe, you know. It's like if it's the one guy, it's like just asking the wrong questions, or he's not, he's lazy, or he's not doing mm-hmm. it, he's gonna say, Buddy, you know, it's not working out. Like, We're trying, but it's not happening with you today. You know? I, I
1: always right. think about
0: when I was <laughs> in film school, I would
1: PA all the time, like on student films and stuff, and I would give the director notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been both that PA and that director. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's great, though. You did that
1: well. the The thing is, is that I was right, but also shut the fuck up. Totally. You know,
0: like it, it's it's. Oh, but boy. you did it, so that I mean, that kind of proves your prowess. You know, I I disagree. <laughs> I I thought I was right.
2: It Maybe I was that you're interested in doing that job, and Definitely. you're very conscious and thinking about That's it. What I'm yeah. Saying. yeah. But
1: having had a PA come up and talk to me about you know giving me a note or whatever, because I tried to run a collaborative set, they never have the full scope of what's going on. So you know sometimes it's like yeah, I know it could be better, but like. This actor had three more minutes before their agent was going to, like, scream my ear off. Totally, totally. You know, like...
2: The problem is, like, if someone gives you an idea on set... This happened to me... I forget when it was. But, it was like, some AD was like, oh, it would be really funny if he did this thing. Right. right? And they're in the first ad, So, they're, like, talking to you the whole time. And, and they like, tend
1: to be... ADs tend to be so yeah. funny.
2: And I'm like... <laughs> it, yeah. I guess that would be kind of funny. I can... Say, okay, let's do another take with that idea, and it might work, though. It doesn't really fit into what I was planning, but we can try it, because why not? Mm-hmm. But we'll run a little late, right? <laughs> or you can say, no, right. we're not going to do that, and then right. you're like an asshole.
1: Well, I think that there's also the nice thing about comedy, and I think it probably, of course, it works for drama and horror as well, but there's the question of, like, does it fit into the game or the theme or the tone of what you're trying to make like anyone yeah. can make a funny joke or right. scare someone right. or cry on command but like a director's job is to keep the the seams and the the texture consistent you know so just like one simple gag like that that joke probably was funny to someone right yeah. at least to him but does it really live in the world of the thing you're making or not
2: right i'm going totally off topic now but do you guys think <laughs> it's the further. director's responsibility to make the tone work like if you get a note on the tone like this is tonally all over the place you mean from the dailies i no, think i think from mostly I think,
1: I think that's mostly their job even actually. if
2: you weren't the writer uh-huh do you feel do you take it personally because mm. i i got a note yesterday on the phone that was like yeah guys we gotta talk about this episode like totally, it's, it's just not working yeah. and I then would I, say... and I also got a note actually my brother i showed him some clips of something and he's like oh that acting is not very good huh and i was mm-hmm. like well what what do you think is not very good about? And he's like well this moment and this moment and i was like okay he's like but i think it looks i mean the camera work is great i mean your job you did a great job and i'm like well <laughs> i'm the director so yeah, if the right. acting is bad the
1: whole thing is my job it's like my fault i have a twofold answer one yeah i definitely would take it personally but two i think oftentimes when people use the word tonally that's sometimes a flag that they don't really know what they're talking about (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah or (laughs) it just might mean something's bugging them and they don't know how to fix it Yeah, exactly and that's That's it most of the time when you're getting a note where they say tonally blah 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 they right. don't they don't know how or, to that. Or there's what a the serious is. scene and then there's like a
2: broad joke because right. some PA suggested you do it and the director felt bad, not taking his
0: note. <laughs> um, oh, man, I think first rule is don't listen to PAs. Like PAs are dirt, you know? <laughs> and they should they know they are. So treat them like dirt and then give them beer at the end of the day and they're happy. And that's they that's what their job is. Well, we can agree <laughs> to disagree on that. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, but I love, no, no, I you're love fucking all up. of our PA. I mean, no, no. but uh, there's a there's a hierarchy. There has to be, right? Yeah, sure. And it's interesting. You know, I've I've talked with people about this before. It's like, as a director, everyone expects you to be something. To They have some version of what a director is supposed to be. And you know, we all do it. Like, how the costume designer is supposed to be. She's a diva or whatever, you know. All, <laughs> right. Right? There's
1: three guys with beards right now that are all directors. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we yeah. happen to be white.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. Awful. And we all live in East L.A. Kind I'm, of. I'm
0: Hispanic, by the way. So right. Flores, come on, right. that doesn't sound very Hispanic. That's just true. That's true. That's my first name, though. Yeah. So I mean, I just I just feel like you know when you get to set, you have to you you are on a ship, mm-hmm. and I did this by watching Friends direct, honestly, because I, before I wasn't really thinking about it so much, but. You're on a ship and you have to be the captain because there's a lot of people on board and everyone has a job. You know, this guy is filling the cannonballs and this person is doing whatever the fuck, adjusting the sails. <laughs> you know? I don't people on ships. Tacking, like that's a thing. Tacking is correct. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. There's the guy that steers. Yeah. But you, everyone has their job and your job is to be the captain. You have to make sure that you get there on time and you have to make sure you don't get bombarded or pirated or any of that stuff. And if you don't show strength, and if you don't show, you know, uh, sometimes a bruteness, mm-hmm. people don't respect it. There'll be a they'll be a, yeah. mutin- a mutiny, yeah. you know? So you have to do a little bit of that. And that kind of goes back to the asshole question. I think you have to be a little bit of an asshole, even if it's a show, just mm-hmm. to, you know, to give that air out, you know, mm-hmm. the air uh, of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to right. people. Um, yeah.
2: And do you have to, I don't know, Phil, I feel like you work with like a family in every project. I mean, yeah, I've worked true. on projects where I don't really know everyone that well. And I might have to be like a little mean. And then when I go to lunch, it's like, I'm just like, no one, I don't know who to sit with because I feel like I've kind of been a little mean to everyone. you <laughs> know? suddenly
0: become like a director's like yeah. a, a confessional. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> St-
2: have, have you pre- had that situation
1: pretend you've got a phone call man <laughs> <laughs> no it's not
2: look i can sit shot. with anyone i don't but it's not like i feel like i'm in, with my family
0: it know? is uh, weird yeah. man like a film said, depending on if it's you know independent or studio too because studios like they don't give a fuck they've been doing it forever but it's like high school yeah, you know yeah. there's cliques there's departments and there's inside jokes and everyone has their own group they sit with and it's weird. And just because yeah.
2: you're
1: the director doesn't mean you're automatically accepted by everyone. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, it, that was a weird thing for me to adjust to because I think when you're not professional when you're doing it as a passion project is what i mean everyone's a family then because right. like typically it's they're like probably not friends. getting paid or they're like right they're your friends from film school yeah, or you grew up exactly. together or whatever it is and so that's like an incredible wonderful experience and then when you start gigging around and you know those crews tend to stick together a little bit more than the directors do right. you know they're working you know, a couple days a week with each other and kind of like they're the family and you're the weird new person. Right. Yeah. You hire a DP, they bring their whole crew. You hire a production designer, they
2: bring their whole crew and they all got their own stuff going on and you're just like, hey.
0: It is first day of high school. So it's it's, it's really just just do what you do be yourself if you make friends great if you don't you know get the fuck out of that school yeah
1: you know i've gotten uh better at being okay with not being best friends with everyone yeah Yeah. i mean it's at some point it's a
2: job and that's kind of a lot of what this podcast is about is like when you take directing from your passion what you're doing for fun or a hobby to making it's your lifelong it's what you make a living from Mm. um I want to get to the TV stuff, but one final question kind of on this same topic of like can you yell at people and who takes responsibility for things. Have you guys seen American Sniper? Yeah. Clint sure. Eastwood film. No, I didn't see
1: it. I did a college humor video about it. Oh
2: yes. So it's a it's a great movie, right? There's a scene where Bradley Cooper is at home with his family and he has a baby daughter. Mm-hmm. And he's like talking to the baby, and the baby won't stop crying. He's like putting it in the crib, picking it up. I don't know. You can probably speak yeah. a lot better to the, yeah. about it, this. It's literally,
1: like, the sketch recreates that scene, but the baby is very, very fake. And like, ob- but but ob- the, but
2: in the real movie, the
1: baby is obviously fake. Obviously it's like fake. a doll. Oh. So so the sketch we're doing is about how fake this baby looks. Mm. So every single time you cut back to the Bradley Cooper character that we've recreated, like. As meticulously as possible, like the the, uh, the walls match, is- the room match.